Hey guys, before we begin, I just wanted to give a quick warning. I really apologize, but the audio quality of this podcast today is not the greatest. Unfortunately, we had a few technical issues rolling into the podcast, and they kind of stuck around. So unfortunately, it's not going to be the best that you've ever heard, but I think this is a really key conversation to have, and I think it's a really important episode to listen to. So I hope you'll put up with it. Sorry in advance, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to Explorify Canada podcast, the future of personal finance in Canada. My name is Ryan Mirix and I'll be hosting the online meetups where we get to hear from you, the listener, talking about all things financial independence in Canada. It's not just voicemails or emails. You literally get to say exactly what's on your mind and it will be released onto Explorify Canada. But remember, with great power comes great responsibility. So we do have a few ground rules. Number one, we are in the business of breaking only one taboo today, talking about money. As such, please do not bring up sex, politics, or religion. Nobody wants to know. Number two, please refrain from swearing or being a jerk. All criticism of each other or other Canadians or content creators should be constructive. It is very unhelpful to call somebody stupid and leave it at that. Explain your frustration so everybody else can learn. 3. Please only use the first names of anybody you mention. We want to keep everybody anonymous for the very obvious reason that we are talking about money. It's okay to use the full name of content creators such as Ben Felix or Paula Pant. 4. And finally, the last rule. It's just for me. I'm going to keep this entire meetup unedited unless somebody breaks a rule. There's no point in recording a meetup if I start to chop it up and paint a picture that makes me or the podcast look good. So my promise to you, the listener, is an authentic recording as is. A couple of disclaimers. All opinions of the participants are their own and do not represent Explorify Canada or its affiliates. All advice you hear are opinions only, so please, don't let this be your only source of information. Do your own research and seek an accredited professional if needed. And now, on to the meetup. Let's introduce today's participants. Hailing from Toronto, Ontario, right from our condo in downtown is Archie. Welcome back. You're on episode 8, reaching for FI in downtown Toronto. How's it going? Pretty good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How is the downtown life? Wonderful. The weather could be better, but that's the entire point of living downtown, I guess, so I don't have to deal with it too much. Uh, So yeah, I'm loving it still. Yeah, what weather? I'm pretty sure on your episode, you walked us through your underground life of scurrying from the Eaton Center to your work. Exactly. That's what I'm continuing to do and pretending that there is no snow outside. So, you know, it works out. (laughs) You're just trying to relate to the rest of us by saying things like clouds and rain and weather. <laughs> I Google liar. Every so often. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, what are you drinking right now, Archie? I have some eggnog, which for whatever reason, did not buy it before Christmas, but bought it anyway, <laughs> because it was necessary that I had it before New Year's. So yeah, I'm trying on some eggnog with some whiskey. It is delicious. Oh my, that's good. I'm currently drinking some Neo Citrin because I'm coming under a flu for sure. <laughs> All right. You're not the only one on this podcast. We also have Kyle from Aurelia, Ontario. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Ryan. I'm great and uh, really excited to be here tonight with you guys. And what are you drinking? I just finished a coffee and then uh, got a bit of Jameson here with me. Well, joining in with the, uh, the theme, it sounds like. 
Right on. This is quickly turning into the FI garage. I'm digging it. <laughs> and last but not least, from Edmonton, Alberta, is Ali. You are phoning in. Welcome to the meetup. Hi, thanks. What are you drinking? So I'm not drinking anything. So <laughs> No, we have actually something way more interesting to say. What are you talking on right now? Uh, on, on my phone attached to <laughs> the wall. <laughs> I just want every I know, going old I'm school. Give our listeners just a few seconds to absorb that. Ali is talking to a phone that is attached to a cord that is attached to the wall. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Are you just kind of like? Do you have it like through a door? You know where you like close it, like you're 15 and you want to talk to your boyfriend, but like you don't want your parents to hear, so you just like scurry to the other room and close the door, but like the, the lines like dragged underneath it and whatnot. I wish I could, but I'm in the bonus room. So, like, just close the kids' bedroom doors and hope they don't wake up. (laughs) All right. So, we have a really great episode for everybody tonight because we're going to be talking about getting your spouse on board with the fire movement. So, just to introduce everybody and get the listeners familiar with all your voices, I'm going to pass the mic, so to speak, to each of you. And just for 30 seconds, just say if your spouse is on board with FI or not. And uh, we can paint a really nice backdrop for this conversation. So, Archie. Is your spouse A-OK with the fire movement or no? Uh, At the moment, he is very A-OK with the fire movement. We're not completely aligned on how we're going to get there, but we are getting there together at one point or another. (laughs) (laughs) Through blood, sweat, or tears, huh? All combined at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, what about you? Is your spouse and uh, family on board with the uh, fire movement? Yeah, you know what? I can relate to to that for sure. I, my wife and I were both fully on board, 100% rock and roll, ready to go. And then uh, the trouble comes when it's action time. I think, you know what? We both had the same vision and, and uh, dreams for the family there. And then I guess we tend to butt heads a bit when it comes time to, you know, what purchases are we making or how does it look like along the way to get there? Uh, yeah, 100% both on board, but different personality, different people. And uh, that's some of the fun along the journey, I guess. Okay, that's really, really interesting. And I'm going to follow up with some questions after <laughs> I introduce Ali uh, and her voice. So Ali, is your family on board with the fire movement? I'd say we're we're kind of coming together now. My husband's not on board with the early retirement side of things, but he's on board with the saving for financial independence. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of those guys where he's the, the F-I, not R-E type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he likes his job and doesn't see any point in scrimping and then depriving ourselves. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I need to have a conversation <laughs> with him. Anyways, <laughs> Kyle, I want to turn it back to you because I think this is yeah. going to be a great way to start the conversation. So you said that your wife... Uh, you guys share the same goal, you have the same vision, but getting there is proving to be difficult. So what is it like, can you name like actually like some specifics? Like, I don't want you to just bring up like an argument or anything like that, for for example, (laughs) but just, but just like, what is it that where you see something so clearly obvious that you should or should not be spending on that your wife would say, whoa, 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 what? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I, I think it's pretty common from what I've been reading with other people, which is I guess encouraging, but <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one of the real examples that comes to mind a lot is uh, even just groceries. We'll, uh, you know, plan out ahead of the month. Okay, let's spend X amount of dollars. 
on groceries this month. And I'm to the point where I'm like, you know, I don't care exactly what it is. Let's just set it a, a reasonable amount and we'll stick to it. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, we'll, we'll get all pumped about something. We'll read something together or we'll watch something. And, uh, you know, we've got a daughter who's, who's nine now and a, a son who's 11 months. And so they, we've kind of told them about, well, especially the older one about some of the things and they're like, coldness accountable like yeah we're, we're looking forward to this time like we're working towards when we can have a bit of a homestead together in kind of four or five years from now and at least be in mm-hmm. a partially retired tired state um, i guess all that to say going back to the example of your question with the groceries we'll be all pumped up we'll be excited and i'll say let's do this and then we'll go to the store together and i'll you know load it be loading up and i'll meet her down the aisle and she'll have whatever in the cart and i'm just like are you kidding me like what are you thinking like put it, and then with her it's like yeah we're doing this we're doing this but it's just like we're totally missing each other on what the doing this looks like even though like we like i said we have that same end goal we have and we agree like the importance of it we're all on board but yeah it's just different levels of what it looks like getting there i guess i remember one time i was shopping with my wife and we met each other, kind of like just you said, like just like in the middle of the aisle. And I looked into her cart, and everything was yellow. And I was like, ah, perfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the discount no-name brand. Love it. <laughs> there was not one other color. <laughs> That's what love looks like. <laughs> I, I almost proposed right then and there, right? <laughs> Archie, do you have any specific examples of uh, your spouse and you butting heads? Absolutely. I feel like we did that a lot over the years, primarily because it's, it was also almost funny that we would butt heads because I thought we were totally on the same page because he's not one to spend money to begin with. He's like naturally a frugal person. I would say I'm the spendy pants of the relationship in comparison to him, and I'm not particularly spendy to begin with. Uh, so I thought it would be a natural progression to essentially get to the whole early retirement aspect of it. Um, so I, when I originally brought it up, his response was, what are you talking about? What the hell are we going to do with our lives? How does that even work? Who are we going to hang out with? Are we going to have to make friends with 70-year-olds? These were the kinds of questions that I got. (laughs) So in that sense, like he could never imagine a life where that was a thing. And for me personally, I had to go back to the drawing board and think about the things that he wanted as opposed to the things I wanted. For me, it made sense because I wanted to travel and I wanted to do this thing. And I was kind of pushing my agenda. And obviously that didn't work out that great, as you can imagine. But even now we're not fully on, like we're not fully clear on how the retirement part of it will work out because when I originally started, I, I feel like I struggled with this myself as much as I, we do as a couple in that like earlier it was like, oh, I'm going to keep saving and then I'm going to quit and then I'm going to be done with job forever. And now it's just turning into this like, oh, maybe we should take a couple of months off every so often or maybe a couple of years off every so often. And so we kind of play with the idea and obviously we don't always agree all the time. And part of it is coming to realize that like maybe we don't need to have the exact same plan. I think it would be exceptionally rare to find you know a couple that is like 100% on board like completely 100% compatible like they literally want the exact same like housing situation or car situation food blah 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 right like I think the very obvious exception to that rule is millennial revolution especially because they're probably the most popular fire couple in Canada but you have to understand that they're probably unicorns in a sense in that space, right? Like they, they are really like 100% matched up 
like they must look into the mirror and see each other, right? <laughs> well, I, I think it's all like the pioneers of the five movements that like kind of make everyone feel like everyone else is everyone that's in the fire movement is on board and the couples are together, like like Frugal Woods and Mr. Money Mustache at the time. Like you, you kind of see them and you think, oh, okay, they've got it all. They're, everyone's on board on the same page. <laughs> so everyone else should be like, come on, you should get on with the program. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and then that's not quite the reality you face when you bring up the ideas. <laughs> Well, let's bring that up right now then, because I know a lot of people want to convert their spouse, you know, like I called it fire. Uh, what did I call it on, on the Facebook group? I think I called it fire persuasion therapy or something like that. And, and, I was going to say initiation. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And And I'd been talking about it for a long time with my wife and she had basically just said like, you know, it's, you're just participating in this because just people to talk finances with, you know, and that's all she saw out of it, right? It was just the community aspect and that was it. But as I begin to tell her more and more, I think she's really come around, especially because I think it was about two or three weeks ago, we had been driving back and we were talking finances and she said, you know, like really casually, she's like, you know, if you don't have your job, like sometime in the near future and my jaw just dropped, right? Because me quitting my job was something that she was very, very uncomfortable with. I mean, like ultra uncomfortable with. And it didn't matter what kind of dollar figure we had in the bank account. Like it just wasn't something that you do. Like retirement is not something you do in your 30s, right? So she found it very, very awkward to talk about. But now she's really warming up to the idea because the numbers don't lie. And at the end of the day, unless you're an avid collector of money, I just don't think you need to have like multi-million dollars just to convince your spouse of it. But I wanted to get a, a gist of at least come to a consensus with you guys, because if people are trying to uh, commit their spouses to the persuasion therapy, what's a good kind of starter to it? And Archie, I'm going to start with you because uh, you mentioned this in your episode as well. Um getting your spouse on board, but what's probably one of the best or easiest wins to begin converting them? I would say, I mean, this is just like, you should do that anyway, because they're your spouse. Find out the things that they actually want out of life and find out the things that money can actually like make, I guess, happen and start talking to them about that. So even if it is as simple as I need to be able to, let's just say that you're planning to have kids and you need to be able to take a year off to essentially spend time with your kids, or you want to take a couple of years off and then you want to stay with your kids until they go to school. That's a thing that people can understand and they can relate to because most of the time we kind of talk, I think I feel like a lot of people that are attracted to the fire movement are the people that are like, oh, numbers and numbers make sense. Therefore, everything should make sense. And most people don't care about the numbers. Most people care about the emotions. They care about like what's missing in their life and what life has to offer for them had they had other choices, right? So I guess the first step I would say would be to essentially talk to them and find out what it is that they are missing currently and what they would like for their life to look like in the future. Ali, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Well, I kind of feel like I never really had to convince my husband for like the saving part or because we were always on the same page money wise. It was just, I guess, when the idea of like the early retirement piece of it, and I've kind of mellowed out and maybe come around to more of a medium ground. We're now kind of on the same wavelength. I just want us to get more freedom and more time eventually is kind of what I'm looking for in our timeline. And so trying to convince him that find some way that he can maybe move into consulting or somewhere that can have like location freedom rather than have to be in an office. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but we haven't quite 
you know, I haven't had to like convince him of the, like the basics for the the savings and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But was there anything you guys maybe particularly butted heads on? Like, was there something that you wanted to spend a lot less on? In the name of oh, it's definitely it's always the yeah, like like give yeah, me a juicy yeah, story. Like it's the acceleration. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I don't want to get too much trouble here, <laughs> but it's definitely like the uh, the you know the big ticket items, the house and the the cars and that sort of thing. We always kind of butt heads about. I'd be quite happy to like to stick it out with a, a cheaper car where he gets pleasure out of driving a nicer, more newer car. Or and we also keep our cars for a long time, so I can see his point all the time of okay, we should get, I've, I've convinced him now to go to new used car rather than new ones. So that was progress. But, and we've, we, he's come around to my side a little bit, but we still are looking at like one, two years old versus the five or six I would like to go for. <laughs> but uh, right. it's, uh, and then, and for like the house, I just kind of, in, in, in the end, I, I don't want to say I gave in because I enjoy our house as much as, as he does, but <clears throat> I definitely acknowledge that it, it adds a couple of years to the timeline that we could have avoided had we gone for a smaller house or a cheaper house. And that was kind of like the, the compromise that we, we made that he's, he, he would always say, it's like, but I don't want to like retire early just to be in a small little house. I want a place to have a little bit more space. So I basically, I gave in, <laughs> but enjoy it. <laughs> well, it is about compromise. I mean, you are, you are in a marriage, you know, a family, it's, you have to meet in the middle, right? I mean, yeah. I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but I was very, very gung-ho when I bought my home. I was going to begin pulling money out of it, investing in the stock market, aka the Smith Maneuver. And leverage investing was something I was completely comfortable with. I had time, age, and knowledge on my side. And I thought, this is going to be perfect. And I pitched it to my wife. And I thought it was a for sure thing. And it wasn't, you know, and it (laughs) came down to it where she just, I just don't want to take on any debt. I don't care what it's for. I don't care how much sense it makes. I don't like owing money. And because we have a mortgage together, we would also have debt together. And I don't want that. So, you know, there is a compromise. And I think how to get your spouse on board is sometimes you just have to concede some of the things that you want to do. Right. And Kyle. Yeah. I want to turn it over to you now because is there was there any like easy wins to convince uh, your spouse to get on board with FI that you think that yeah. the listeners would uh, definitely take away? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you exactly what not to do, which is what I did, and then you can. I think we all know what not to do, but no, go ahead. What's your version? <laughs> oh man, so I, you know what I. So I, yeah, I was reading about it. I was observing it. And I'm, you know, quietly getting all excited about it. And then I'm trying to figure out how to bring it up. And the guy for me, first guy introduced to it was the guy, Mr. Money Mustache, which is to people outside of the community, this weird sounding guy. Like you say that name to anybody. He's like, huh, who are you following financial advice from? Mr. Money Mustache. <laughs> and so yeah. I would, you know, I would start to bring it up to my wife. Uh, hey, you know, I've been... I heard this guy on the Tim Ferriss podcast and, you know, he talks about this and that and that. And then it would just look like that. It was just me saying like, I read this article from this and I think you're like this. And pretty soon it became like his name became a bad word in our house. And it was like, I don't want to <laughs> throw any mustache again. And then what I realized was, uh, you know, the, the plane with fire uh, documentary and book that came out recently. Like, mm-hmm. I remember reading about how they were doing it and how he was 
forwarding, I think he forwarded articles to his wife saying like, hey, I think you would like that. And I remember reading that and thinking, that sounds so stupid. Like, what a lame way to do it. And come to find out, I read the book with my wife out loud together, that uh, Finest Fire book. She's like, yeah, I think I would like that. And I was like, wait, what? And (laughs) I guess coming full circle, something that would have been really helpful and now has been more helpful is realizing that, yes, I, you know, we're in a relationship together, but when it comes to something like this, it's good to use the pros in the community, use the people who are not yourself and their voice and match it with their personality. So for instance, there is Mr. Money Mustache, but there's also, uh, you know, she's, doesn't really fit like their personalities don't really go together she likes the frugal woods perspective a lot better so there's the benefit i think because the community's been around long enough now that there's different people that have taken it in different ways and you can find the people that have done it in a way that you like and so i would have would have been a lot easier as finding somebody that she would have connected with and clicked with a lot more and then say hey I, i was reading about this i think you would like it too and then let those people do the, the talking for you. And then uh, you know, if it flops, you're not the bad guy at least. <laughs> but a lot of times it works out being way better than what you could have done. So that's my take. <laughs> a lot of us reread Mr. Money Mustache and it clicks so instantly that we just have to like rush home and just kick open the door and say, honey, I've solved our problems. And then <laughs> obviously it just goes totally downhill from there, right? Because yeah. You know, you take a look. Yeah, you're right. The moniker Mr. Money Mustache sounds like the cheesiest clickbait or, you know, like <laughs> like the pyramid scheme or something like that, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, the <laughs> website does Money not mustache. help. <laughs> well, you mean the yeah. moniker and the top hat? No, I mean, like, just the, the homepage on the website. It does not look like, you know, some sort of financial person that is, <laughs> like, you know, that you would listen to. It just yeah, seems yeah. like some dude that's trying to make some money. And I think it also has to do with when you come to the ideas, right? Like I came to it when I was like really frustrated with my last job and wondering why the heck I was working and why did I want to stick with this and looking for my out. And then you find this and you're like, come on, we can get on board. We can be retire. We can retire real soon if we (laughs) like save everything. (laughs) And the other person or my husband in question was like, but I like my job. I don't want to quit. You want to quit? You stay home. Like (laughs) you don't need to drag me down with you. So it was, it was kind of coming back and with a few years perspective now that we've been into it, trying to find the the middle ground and like really focusing in on finding our best life and what that costs and saving the the difference. And now he's on, on quite on board with it. So I don't know when we'll actually retire, but the we're we're at least I feel like we're going in the same direction, not fighting against each other for it. You know, I love the point that you brought up that, um, you know, he says, I love my job. And I think that's like the number one spousal argument against whatever you're trying to tell them, you know, like, because maybe you don't want to do that in the future. And they get all offended, like, oh, I, I love my job. Thank you very much. And it's kind of like my, my, my easiest rebuttal to that. So you're telling me if you got paid, regardless of whether or not you showed up to work, from now until the end of time that you would continue to do your job for in the foreseeable future. You wouldn't miss one day of work. You wouldn't play hooky and go do something else. And always the response is, well, you know, maybe one, I mean, I'm not crazy. Right. You know, like, yeah, I would take a vacation and it's like, well, okay. So you, 
you do value your own time and not just corporate interest the whole time. Like that's what the point of this is. It's not anti-job. It's pro you. It's your own individuality, right? You have your own space. Exactly. I think part of it is also giving people the option and then saying, hey, what are the what are the things that if money wasn't a matter you would do? Because right now, most of the time, I feel like the conversations I have with most people, they do say this, like, I love my job. And sometimes you've convinced yourself that you love your job. And when you have that conversation with the person, you realize that that's happening. And sometimes the people that realize that they love their job also realize that, I mean, you love the job for what it is right now with the people that you work with right now at the salary right now with the person that you are right now and no changes to your personal life. If like there were any of these things change, you're going to change your mind about it and it's not going to stay the same. And like, it's a very simple thought process, but it's very hard for people to see when they are like in love with their jobs at that moment. Yeah. And the other argument that I get all the time is, well, what would I do without my job? like well you you'd have time to figure it out start figuring it out now but <laughs> i've got i've got lots of other hobbies so i'm not worried about it but it's my my husband always kind of worries about what he would do to fill his time if we were to retire really early mm. i don't know if that's a factor for other people what does he do outside of work there's not much at the moment it's just hanging out with us and we do family stuff but it's like trying to convince him to do that all the time <laughs> right right I mean, like, does he realize that if he had, like, even a vacation where, did, have you guys ever done staycations before? Yeah, yeah, we know we definitely, Christmas holidays is usually our staycation type time. Right, but, right. Yeah, and that's why I keep trying to tell him, but we're, it's, 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 it's that constant worry. I'm like, well, you don't need to quit. You can, it just allows you the choice to do what you want to do, whether it's working, consulting, or doing Whatever. It's just that I guess the infinite possibilities is a little, is always scary. Mm -hmm. That's fair. To take that full leap. But we're still, we're still a few years off, so we don't have to make that. But it doesn't have to be a full leap, right? Uh, That's the other thing too. He could just do 10 hours of it or 20 hours of it or like whatever his heart desires, right? Yeah. And, and that's what I hope will happen in the, in the future when we get, get closer. Okay, so what I'm hearing is there is a rational argument for proposing fire to your spouse in that kind of sense, but what can you actually say? Like, what are the the key words? Because we, I think we inside get it right. Like, we already we already know all this. We already understand it because we've read the blogs and we've blah blah blah. But sometimes people don't want to have playing with fire read to them. Sometimes people don't want to have anything to do with Mister Money Mustache. So. What are the, what's the conversation, like the icebreaker or even just like the tipping point that would actually convince you think the most amount of people to at least give it a shot or to entertain the idea? I think for me, I needed to stop focusing on the end goal of early retirement and more focus on the here and now and the, the, the freedom that just having the FU money ha- would give for us. And, and working towards that and just like, okay, if we're in a bad situation, then we can, we have flexibility and, and just really focusing on kind of the more intermediate goals than the long-term because the long-term are just so far out often, even if it is mm-hmm. a, like a shorter timeline than for most people. And Kyle, I want to turn it over to you. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I was thinking about something else that I wish I had said and there was a huge shift for our family and it happened about a year ago and we did something very unmustachian and 
we got the in-laws to watch the kids and we booked a room at a resort that was probably 10 minutes from our house. Uh, nice place. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was well worth it in the end. Like on the surface is one of those things, like people see me as a frugal guy, but then I spend money on things that don't always make sense. Like, okay, you spent 500 bucks to spend a night away from your house 10 minutes down the road. But it, it was amazing because we went and they had, you know, a nice fireplace there in the room and we sat down and we had kind of been had been going through some of these uh, discussions, <laughs> argument things. And <laughs> we're, it, it kind of came to a, a tipping point when we're moving out of one place and we're trying to find our next place to, to move into. And we had kind of narrowed up down to the two options. And similar to that grocery thing of like, okay, yes, like we're both on the same page, but I think this is an appropriate thing to buy and you think this is. So she had her place that she you know, thought this fits within our goals. And I thought, well, this other place would be 400 bucks a month cheaper and still fit within our goals. And we were just making no headway. So yeah, to get to the end of the story, we went a night away and we didn't talk at all about where we were moving. And instead we talked about um, what, what we wanted life to look like down the road. Like if we were five, 10 years down the road, uh, if we could envision, you know, top of the mountain, end of the finish line, whatever, however you want to call it, if we could picture what our life looked like then, and we spelled it out in great detail as much as we could, we spelled out values for our family, you know, the things that are really important to us and that we place a lot of value on. And we spent a ton of time doing all that. And it was actually super fun. And we didn't argue at all in that time. And then we kind of, so we, what we end up doing is painting this picture of what a lifestyle would look like once we had reached that, you know, financial independence state that time, once we had reached it, what would we want our lives to look like? What would be the benefits of it? And I find that that canceled out a lot of argumentative stuff. And then once we had that in place, then everything else was much easier to talk about. And it was like, oh, okay, we are on the same page. We do love each other. We do want the same things. And then, you know, figuring out some of the more details, we could always look through that lens that we created of this is where we're going. You know, that's the vision of where we're going. What's what's the mission of how we're getting there? And that was massively helpful for us. I know this one guy, what he did was he kind of did what Kyle did and he just put the kids somewhere else and he took his wife out to one of her favorite restaurants and he sat her down and he said, like, what, what is it that you want? Like, what do you want to buy in life, right? And I believe he called it a dream date. And basically, they just brought like a pad of paper and a pencil and stuff like that. And they're just like, look, what do you want, right? You know, and you kind of like nail down like what you both want to do. So, for example, if you want to go to Japan and you want to stay there for three weeks or something and you, you know it's going to cost you, I don't know, like 50 grand or something because you want to just like totally blow a bunch of money or something. I think the reason why he did something like a dream date was because you get to iron out all the things you want. Okay, that cottage, that trip to Japan, that blah, 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 blah. And then you get to see what everything is going to cost. And then you realize that you want to spend like $600,000 in retirement. And it's like, (laughs) we can never achieve that because we still spend like $100 a month on cable. And we have Netflix and blah, blah, blah. And we don't even use this cable, but you're fighting me tooth and nail about canceling this cable. Like that's obviously a very like hyper-focused argument, but I feel like something like that actually does work because if you can 
put a purpose to the reason why you're pursuing FI, like the RE will make sense. And if you do want to convince your spouse, you know, to drive a Honda CRV, like uh, Scott did in playing with fire, like <laughs> there is an end goal for this. We're not just doing it to be cheap money collectors, right? It's just yeah. not like that. And so, uh, Kyle, it sounds like that's kind of exactly what you did. Even though you only went 10 minutes away from your home, it seems like yeah. you just you had this fundamental conversation that really realigned your values with your spouse. And I think that's really magical. Yeah. Yeah, it was golden. I guess I hear you guys talk about it. I'm realizing that that's kind of what we did, except like not on purpose. Like we went on our very first like long trip ever uh, because one of the things I wanted to do post retirement was to just travel. And my partner was just like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Like I would get really tired and really bored because we would just be running around from one place to another for no reason. And like, he just didn't, he couldn't imagine a world where like, you know, the one week vacation could go on for life. Uh, The thing that like was missing for both of us was that like, we didn't realize that like, if we were to do like a lifelong vacation, we would never behave the way you would behave in like a one week vacation and just actually trying it out and being away from our work and our everyday things actually helped us quantify the things that actually matter to us and the things that we wanted to see in our future, as opposed to just, because it's really hard to have these conversations in your everyday life with your everyday things and your everyday habits. You kind of need to step away from it for you to be able to get a better perspective and like a more like macro perspective of the situation, as opposed to just being really close to it and being really attached to it to a certain extent. Now, I have a question for you guys. And Ali, I'm going to start with you. Have you ever brought yourself any type of like community meetup or, or anything like that? Like something like face to face in real life, like a uh, choose a fi yeah, meetup I, or I a dragged him out. mustache or yeah, something? Yeah, I dragged him out to a, a choose a fi meetup a little while ago with the kids. So he ended up just looking after the kids and kind of felt a bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I was shouting to everyone. So, and uh, yeah, he he's a bit more of an introvert, so he doesn't really like to kind of do those meetups. So I made I made him come, <laughs> but when he realized there wasn't really anyone else with kids, he just kind of went off with the kids in the playground. Oh, so he didn't even get so, to listen in. No, no. So now he's kind of like, no, you go on your own. <laughs> so okay. Because <laughs> I did a Kitchener meetup and I did it because I didn't think there was many people in my area. But this woman, Michelle, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, she messaged me asking me to do it. When she showed up, she came with her husband, Tony, and he was definitely like giving us all the eyes like, like, <laughs> what kind of pyramid scheme have you signed up? You know, like, he was very <laughs> suspicious, right? Like he was just like, I need to make sure that my wife is not being like, asked to fork over like 50 grand, you know, for this like, the promised land or something like that, right? It was it was kind of funny. And, I, you know, it is it's great, because we've met up um, since then with, at other meetups. And he's all about talking like, he was really on the outside. And to go to this in real life meetup really did help him, right? Because he, I guess he was just never really entertaining the thought process at all behind, you know, the means to achieve FI. So it was just really exciting to, for me to see in real life, that kind of transition. And Archie, I'll turn it over to you because I think you have a pretty good story about bringing your spouse to a meetup. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like I kind of, I don't know how to do uh, moderation. So I'm either like, (laughs) 
or not, and that's it. <laughs> and that applies to everyone in my life, including my poor, poor spouse. Um, so when I when we had the original conversation, where I kind of mentioned about how like he, his like genuine fear was that he would need to hang out with other retirees who in his head were like 60, 70 year olds. And he just didn't understand the concept of it. And he didn't understand, more importantly, that there were all these other people that were involved. And in his head, he's also thinking, okay, it's a bunch of money nerds. How fun could these people be? Do I really want to hang out with these few people to begin with right so um i originally um signed him uh, well i guess i created a facebook account just literally to uh start the chooseify toronto group uh primarily because i wanted that community and i was looking for that community and so i brought him along for the very first meetup and primarily the first meetup he showed up literally because he didn't want me to go meet random strangers on the internet by myself so that was the only reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I'm showing up in case things go down. <laughs> and that was it. Like, he had no interest in this shit. It was just like, whatever, you do your thing. I'm just showing up for safety's sake. But it was actually pretty cool to see the interaction. And uh, and it just so happened there was a bunch of engineers that had, that showed up. And he's also an engineer. And so like it was basically just like he found it really easy to talk to these people. And the conversations that we had had uh, about the exact same topic was a lot less charged when he had those conversations with these people because the, the history doesn't exist. Like, you know, the, the hurt doesn't exist from all of those like conversations that we've had in the past, um, which is lovely. So, it's, so they have these conversations that like I've tried to have for like weeks that like within like an hour, these people are having these like deep, meaningful conversations and he comes out changing his mind about it, which is lovely to see. So the next step for me was to this basically put him in the Camp Mustache Toronto thing, which was like a week long thing so I was like why not right like why not let's try this out so again the same thing happened where he was like okay I'm gonna show up because you're there for an entire weekend and if you really need to run away you don't have a driver's license so you kind of need to drive me back (laughs) (laughs) there's no cars there anyway just bicycles right you could easily steal one exactly well I didn't know that at that time but so he showed up and he was the person that like had the most fun you guys like I don't know what to tell you like he woke up before me and then would go hang out with people like during breakfast he'd stay up well past like when I went to bed and like he was just having the time of his life um so yeah so he really loved the community and then like to obviously because I am who I am I was like you know what let's do this other thing the shiitake which is like a week-long thing right like the next upgrade for it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so all of this by the way happened like so his first uh choose a five meetup was like sometime in august or uh and then like uh the cat mustache was in september and the chitaqua thing was like october like all in the same year <laughs> so i was wow. that person that threw him into it and hoped that he survived and he did and it was wonderful and he, he yes. loves this uh concept now and he has friends in the fire community just as, as, as i do which is wonderful to see and he seems to be like very comfortable with it he won't like you know initiate a meetup ever but if there is one he's more than happy to show up because he already knows people and there's like all these conversations that are happening that i cannot have as much about always because he just seems to uh I, I think that's true for pretty much every couple i would say there's like there's always those conversations that you're better off having with somebody else and you let them have that conversation and we're good we hang out and then we let them change their minds so it's nice <laughs> i have nothing to add to this one actually i've not been to any meetups myself uh i don't know it's really encouraging here hearing this story i love it and i guess the only thing that i would add is I've got some work to do for the future. It sounds like because uh, obviously it's been really helpful for you guys. 
And uh, yeah, I, just I guess bring I, a, get a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just get a babysitter before you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's always Pro sound tip. advice, regardless <laughs> of where you're going. <laughs> yeah, don't bring the kids. <laughs> This other couple that like I so I also went to a campfire event in January last year. I, literally, this is actually what happened. There was this couple. I guess both of them could not go because they had kids, and the wife who was into fi basically offered her to her husband to like basically was like, okay, I will give you an entire weekend off. I'll take care of the kids. You can go to this place. Everything's already paid for. You just go hang out with these people and you can come back. And if you hate everything, we don't have to talk about it ever again. That was her <laughs> uh, bait and switch situation. <laughs> where basically she stayed home with the kids and she sent the guy who had no idea what any of this was about. And you have to see the transformation, you guys. Like shows up on Fridays, like completely skeptical, like looks at all of you. Like, you know, they were like, okay, what? Yeah. What shit are you going to pull when? I do not know, but I'm going to stay sober for this. Was his attitude around the whole thing. And like Saturday, you see him loosen up. And Saturday night, he's like done. And like by Sunday, he's like taking notes, messaging his wife. And his wife like basically is like messaging on Facebook being like, you guys, he's been giving me a lot of tips. Like I don't understand what, it's, what he did to it, but keep going. <laughs> so that's another strategy. So consider it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to okay. try that one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a very good one. Kyle, I wanted to bring it back to you because I introduced you at the top of this podcast as being from Aurelia, Ontario. Yeah. And I'm guessing that there is probably not a huge scene for FI in Aurelia, (laughs) Ontario. In fact, I'd guess that the majority of listeners don't know where Aurelia, Ontario is. And so I think that might actually be a problem for quite a few Canadians that maybe it's just a bit isolating being in these smaller cities where there is no scene. I mean, I'm in a city that I think is maybe three or four times bigger than Aurelia. And I didn't think that there'd be any scene around here. But, you know, out of nowhere, someone messages me and then I post a meetup and then suddenly I got 10 people coming, you know, and it's just like, whoa, they just came out of the woodwork, right? Nice. And (laughs) maybe that's, if I can encourage you, maybe that's something that you should try, you know, because you're not too far off from uh, Barrie, if I'm not mistaken. So. And, you know, that's a that's a city of, I think, 100,000 people. So there's got to be one other person that you can <laughs> sit down and be like, check out the shockingly simple math behind early retirement, you know, <laughs> or I don't know, just like yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. anything, right? Yeah, no, it's good. I had some ideas kicking around for starting, at least trying it out. I was hoping to do it before the holidays, but it got pushed back to January. So this is the cake in the pants I need, I think, to do it. And we were thinking about hosting a bit of, of a movie night to show the Playing With Fire documentary as like a come hang out, like a fun night, and then just hanging out afterwards and talking. But yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely a great idea. So I appreciate you guys and maybe uh, hold me accountable in the group afterwards. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, guaranteed I will. You know, but that's also why I really like the concept of, and not to toot my own horn here too much, but I really like the idea of doing like an online meetup because otherwise, there's no way that you and I were going to connect, Kyle. Like, it's yeah. just not possible, right? Yeah. I mean, Archie and I were able to connect because we're closer to Toronto, so we could meet up, right? And same thing with you, Ali. Like, it's it's not possible for us to ever connect yeah. unless I happen to be in Alberta nope. one day and then you happen to be free. And then it's almost like, you know, you're meeting some random person from the internet. You know, there's always that kind of like awkwardness about it, right? So right. to go to something a little more staged, like a, like a meetup or something just like online like this, right? Like, and I know that there's no way you guys just clicked on my link 
uh, you know, the thread I post on Facebook and said, yeah, sure. And just like went into it. Like you probably have seen me posting from time and time again. Right. And you'll be like, okay, I know what this guy's about. Like, I know it's not just like some weird, like fake account or spammer or something <laughs> like that. Right. Like, so I kind of like, yeah, I just really like the idea of an online meetup because it lets people who feel isolated to be able to participate you know, and, and for anybody listening, like, it's not like we're using webcams here. Like we're not all just looking at each other for the very first time and, and trying to make something happen. It's actually really quite easy. Mm-hmm. And to do to host it in real life is actually even easier. I remember like, I would create a few Toronto ones and Archie, you can probably weigh in on this as well. But people are always like really grateful and thankful. They're like, thank you so much for scheduling this. Like, like almost like they didn't know how I could manage it. Right. And it's like, I just created a Facebook, like, group or or you know just like an event like i just clicked the thing and and picked the time and said come here and i will show up (laughs) yeah and and show up and if people message me like can you change the time no (laughs) (laughs) i'm not bending to anybody else's will like this is what it is and show up whether or not you want to and Archie, I know some people in the juicify toronto group like they'll message like when's the next meetup and it's like why don't you create one you know? know like it's not hard it really (laughs) <laughs> creating a podcast hard. Maybe may, maybe scheduling your own online meetup might prove to be a bit more difficult, but doing an in real life meetup is actually really easy. Don't you think so, Archie? Absolutely. I cannot, like I keep encouraging people to do it. I feel like you were basically the only person that has actually tried. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is also uh, they just uh, don't realize how many other people are like them who want to meet other people in real life. And everyone just thinks mm-hmm. they're just by themselves. Even though you can see like the Choose a Five Toronto group is what, like 600 people or something right now. So like, you know, odds are that there is somebody that cares, but they're just like, no, it must be just me and nobody else cares about this. Well, and I think everyone's afraid to make the first step, but it's like, and just waiting for someone else to do it. And then it's a lot easier to go go once it's done but it's like it's not that scary to make the first step (laughs) yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. you know what but there's also you know a power to teaming up with somebody right so if you want to do a meetup Mm -hmm. and you know you could just you don't have to post the event you could just be like does anyone else want to do it and chances are you'll get like one or two other people uh minimum that will be like yeah that's Awesome. And then you can just literally message that person and say like, Hey, where do you want to do it? Like, like where from Toronto are you from? Because I don't want to schedule something in the West end. If you're like an hour's drive in the East end kind of thing, right? Like if, if you can coordinate with even just one other person, you can typically get a good event going. And then even if you only get like a few people, Archie for our first meetup together, uh, there's only four of us, but it was a, it was an awesome meetup. Like we covered so much stuff. We talked for two hours and it felt like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've I've been to about four or five now of the Edmonton meetups that we've had, and they've they yeah they definitely have grown as as people have seen they kind of miss the first one and then see it happening again it's like okay I, there were some people that showed up I'll go with this next time. Yeah, absolutely. When I my family's in Edmonton, and uh, when I came there last summer, uh, I guess I had never been in meetup before, or maybe there was, but no one has actually like no one said anything on the uh, thing. So there literally was one person that showed up to this meetup that I tried to, or actually no, two people that showed up to this meetup that I organized. And that was fine because it actually felt like a very intimate conversation with people. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly okay. Like you're not trying to organize an event. And, and if you, if it overwhelms you at the like the thought of like having like 40 people show up is overwhelming to you, put a limit on the number of people and then just try it and see what happens. Let's see if we can go through a little bit of a summary here, a little bit of a checklist. So if we want to get our spouse on board, 
dude, can we just unanimous? Oh gosh, that is a tough word to say. <laughs> unanimous. Oh my gosh, I can't say that word. I, no, here we go. I'm, I'm. I shouldn't have created a podcast if I can't say complicated words. But here we go. Can we all just collectively yeah, agree that <laughs> sending our spouses to Mr. Money Mustache right off the get-go might be a bit of a risky maneuver, should we say? Uh, would we all agree with that or no? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. So if we were to yeah, send I- them a link or anything like that, like I, I guess it doesn't really make sense. Like To me, it doesn't really make sense just to be like, here's this article or something like that and just go with it because there's so many wonky directions that a lot of people take it. Like if I send an article about the fire movement and it's all about happiness, it's going to sound like a cult, right? Like that's the way it's going to come off. And if it's all about the money and your spouse is not like super savvy with numbers, then it's going to sound very technical and then they're not going to be about it. So I I feel like the best way to do it is probably something like that dream date that I talked about before. Would you guys think Mm -hmm. that that's probably the best way to approach getting your spouse on board, starting that, that that therapy that I mentioned before, like <laughs> the, the fire Conversion persuasion therapy. therapy. I'm going to trademark <laughs> that. That's going to be an official product yeah. that you can buy. But uh, <laughs> w- would you guys all agree with that? Yeah, I'd I say think, so. Yeah, figuring out your why. But also the other thing that I would recommend that works is, uh, so for instance, one of my friends is a crazy cat lady who loves cats and everything about cats. Uh, I've tried to talk to her about finance for the longest time and just doesn't work because I'm talking to her about a thing that she doesn't care about. And uh, this one random day, I decided for fun, if there was a crazy cat lady that was also into fire, Googled it, found a person, found a blog, read a couple of things, (laughs) sent it to my friend. And now she reads this blog and she knows words that I could not have paid her to remember like a year ago. Yeah, I'm just saying, wow. consider the thing that they like and try to combine that with money and see if they like it. So odds are, if the person has a family and they have kids, they're going to relate to people that have families and they have kids. If the person is a single person, then they're likely to relate to that person that is a single person. If they are living in the city, they're likely to relate with people that live in the city. If they like travel, they're going to relate to people that you know, do the mm-hmm. travel thing. So look for the thing that is outside of money that they care about and see if there is any blogger that cares about it. So if they're really into dinosaurs, guess who you're going to direct them to? <laughs> like, you know, there's all these people that like have these weird niches. So find those people and share it to them and see what happens. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I really like that because especially on the travel part, right? So I've shown my wife millennial revolution before, but she's like, she didn't want, she didn't take to it at all. And I think the reason why is that, you know, we have an established suburban life, you know, we own homes, we own cars, and we have a, a child together and all that. Like millennial revolution in a lot of ways is at least their blog and their content is the opposite direction of mm-hmm. that. Right mm-hmm. now. I know mm-hmm. if, especially if you've read quit like a millionaire, you know that we can't, I, we shouldn't be judging them for their choices. Of course not. Right. But it just goes to show that if you send the wrong niche to the wrong person, it's, it's just never going to click. Right. You know, there'd probably be yeah. something more like a root of good, you know, where the guy is American living in North Carolina and he has three kids, you know, and he's, very much like the suburban family in a home like that would click a lot more with some people and that's why it's probably sending people a link is not the right way to start them into their uh trademark fire persuasion therapy (laughs) 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 oh boy ali you were saying something 
Well, it's just it's just like they'll they'll pick out on the differences and get stuck on those. It's like well, I don't want to travel, so I'm not going. Like, why would I want to do this? And so they yeah they just turn off all the other ideas and the benefits it can give you if they've if you've gotten the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's hash this out really quickly because I totally want this checklist to be like the show notes of this of this episode. So, fire persuasion therapy trademark. Step one, do the dream date. Do we all agree with that? Do we think that's probably the best thing to do? It's just, yeah, you know, find a babysitter yeah. and yeah. just talk about it. Make sure that the values, like the things you want, even the most craziest things, like you want to be the person that settles Mars, like make sure that you guys are on the same page for that. And then kind of layer in the finances that would make that a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work backwards from that. Kyle, you've been silent. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree a little bit. And, uh, like, I'm going to say the dream date 100%, but do it second. Like, start with, you know how she was saying, uh, send the crazy cat lady articles about Fi? Like, start, <laughs> match their personality with the article. In the same way that you're mm. like, you know, my buddy, I he's really into hiking or something. And I, I saw this really sweet backpack, and I think you like it. In the same way that that happens, like, you know, send them right. the things you would naturally do that. Oh, I saw this sweet movie. You got to see this movie in the same way that you would do that. Send those things to spark the ideas in the head. And then mm-hmm. I think do the dream date mm-hmm. as like, uh, okay, what is all this stuff you've been, we've been kind of back and forth about. And it, it's kind of a more of a, the other ones are starting the conversation and then the dream dates like a culmination of it, I guess that's where I'm headed. I think. What do you okay. Think? <laughs> no, I, Actually, I think you're right. I think uh, Ali and Archie, I think you're also in agreement, right? This kind of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The inception so. needs to happen outside of you. It needs to happen yeah. through somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I had a three-step process. Now it's expanded to four. So step <laughs> one for fire persuasion therapy. Okay. Uh, guys, we're doing this. Right. Step one is to send them a link that you know that like will jive with them. Okay. Don't send them Mr. Money Mustache because it jives with you. Send them what's going to work with them. Right? right. I think that's Kyle. That's what you're saying. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. So step one is crazy cat lady niche. Step two is the dream date. Right. We got that now. We're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Step three. Could step three be like a meetup? Yeah. Or is that too soon? I think you should use your judgment to figure out whether or not they're ready for it. Oh, well, I was going to say, I think it's more like focusing on the the now or the intermediate goals. Like, okay, if we get this much money, what can we do? If we get this much, like what extra freedom does this give us? And just mm-hmm. like each step really kind of ha- like focus in on what benefits you get. What extra freedom have you gained from accumulating this bunch? I like that. Right. And you could, yeah. and you could also learn that from other people as well. Right. Because sometimes yeah. they just need to hear from somebody else, much like Archie was saying, right. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes it just comes yeah. better from somebody else. And that's why I think implementing the community at this point might be something really beneficial. If they don't volunteer it themselves, then maybe you can just kind of gently push something onto them. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to go to this meetup or like, I'm going to go to this convention or something like that or camp mustache or what have you. And like, it doesn't have to be like right away. You could just be like, I plan on going to something like this. Right. And then just kind of like hashing out the details or, or what have you on that. So I think that would make a pretty good step three. Uh, are we all in agreement? Yeah. yeah Developing the community, I guess, out that, that outside of the relationship. And then 
and this is where everybody gets it wrong, judging by the long history of arguments between spouses about, <laughs> about <laughs> one of you discovering FI, that's probably when, after all that has happened, especially after the community aspect, that you can then give the final blow, which would be like the super technical stuff. You know, this could be like the Mr. Money mustache. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like so technical that like you're reading like a wall of numbers from like Ed Rempel's blog or something like that. But it could just be like stuff, something like like the shockingly simple math behind early retirement or, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like, like just, just something like that where it's just like kind of like the granddaddy of the philosophy of why you're even going to bother doing this and why that new person you met is also bothering to do this. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think I also want to mention that maybe that's an optional step depending on the person that your spouse is and depending on how your relationship is set up because mm. a lot of people don't actually care about the logistics of it. Um, a good number. Yeah, I've got actually. friends that have no interest. <laughs> yeah, mm. and I think that's okay so long as you can have a conversation with them and say, this is the thing that we're working towards and this is what everyday things look like. They don't have to be involved in the solutioning of the whole, like how exactly does the dream, I guess, like how do you need to change your life right now to figure out the dream to happen in the future? I think if they, if you get to a point where you guys are on the same page and they trust you to make those decisions, then maybe it's an optional step for them. Ah, okay. I like that. So hmm. just to summarize, step one, niche, step two, dream date, step three, community, and optional step four, philosophy or technicality. Yeah, the you know, like, yeah, like the mainstream fire stuff where you're just like, okay, thank you for boarding the airplane that is the fire movement. Here is the mandatory reading. And then you could just send like all the links you've ever saved or loved or something like that. Right? <laughs> That's when you just bombard them, right? <laughs> I've taken 10 books out of the library for you to read. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Have you ever heard of Vicki Robbins? Because you're about to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think this meetup has gone on long enough. Um, I do want to end it on a positive note, though, because I do want to just pass the mic, so to speak, around one more time and just get your take on Kyle. When I first posted this thread to Facebook, you messaged me saying, like, FI has done a lot for my family, and I'm, like, so grateful for this community. And I thought that was just, like, really warming. I want to turn it over to everybody just individually for the last minute or so and just say what has what's been the best part of FI in terms of helping you and your family? And so Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's way more than money and working or not working. And when you are financially independent, like it, it started with that and I'm naturally a frugal person by nature, but then the way it's impacted us a lot more is it's unreal. Like having, getting to have those dream dates per se and being intentional about our lives instead of you know waking up 10 years down the road and be like well this is where we are it's like planning that vision and then working towards it together has just been unbelievable and yeah I mean it's you're still gonna have some bumps along the road and butt heads along the way but um, having a bit more financial stability is, is always good for a relationship because there's less tension in that and then, uh, yeah, I start, like I said, I, it started off with a money thing, but then it come to find out, you know, uh, riding your bike to work is actually good for your body too. And it's good for the earth. And, uh, you know, it's actually fun to get outside with your family and do that kind of stuff. So it's, 
totally fully encompassing and uh just really good groups of people that i've you know started to connect more with like you guys this has been awesome and uh yeah so it's been like kind of a cool thing that we've bonded together as a family and then i've started to now connect with other people as well so yeah i'm just totally digging it and i appreciate you guys and uh yeah it's, it's good stuff Oh, that is awesome to hear. <laughs> Ali, I'm going to turn it over to you. What has the fire movement done for you and your family? The best thing? Uh, I think it's really kind of made me start to focus in on what is my best life and trying to figure out what do I need to get there and what do I want? Like before, I was just always kind of set, stuck in a scarcity mindset of, okay, we need to save up for I don't know how much we'll need and when we need it. And then the FI movement just kind of put everything together. It's like, okay, there's a goal. Our number isn't as high as I initially thought we, it would need to be. And now what, how do we get there? Well, let's just, we can cut back on the things that don't matter and really mm-hmm. focus in on what is important and what, what do we enjoy doing? Like, and, and just always kind of really think of, okay, was this a good family activity? Cause especially with young kids going to like the big amusement parks, it's fun once a year, but the kids end up exhausted and you're just like, we would have had a better day just going for a walk to the park. So it's just focusing on, on really what is important. I love it. I love it. Archie, that means you. I was thinking about this. I feel like right off the bat, of course, we were uh, we were not on the same page, but uh, the whole concept of fire forced us to have very deep and meaningful conversations. And I feel like that definitely, from that point of view, we were able to not only like be better at communicating with each other, but also align on certain values. And also to a certain extent, I would say being able to afford these values, right? Like in everyday life. So if we said something was important to us, we didn't have to make the choice between like having to feed our families or this value anymore because we had our, well, I guess like a ducks in a row when it comes to money. So we didn't always have to make those choices. So that was wonderful. And I'd say also the concept of abundance mindset was something that like I understood in theory, but like just did not, could not wrap my head around. But I feel like more so as on the way to uh, like uh, towards figuring out this whole fire thing, um, the conversation of enough and the concept of what enough is has come up so many times. And that led, it leads you into naturally talking about like what is enough and what what does that mean for other people and once you've figured out what your enough is and sometimes it's not as much as you think it is you have space for other people in your life and space for things that other people want in their life and you realize that it's not a zero-sum game and you can make choices that are like uh that are available to you as a result of you not having to worry about money and feeding families which is definitely like a luxury i'd say uh, that i would not be able to afford had i not been in the past five that's such a good answer. Um, I loved all your answers. And just to echo everything that you three have already said, you know, with my answer is it's really just a combination, right? I mean, if we can think about it in terms of like a pie chart, you know, I, I found that 90% of my unnecessary spending was going to things I really didn't care about and 10% was. And when you introduce the financial independence script into your life and you begin to just be more intentional about the things that you actually want to spend both your time and your money on. You find that the pie chart begins to flip and then you realize that there are some things that you can't really get around and that you don't really care about spending, but you have to. And then there is the stuff that you do get to do that you really like. And so instead of having like a 90, 10, you know, allocation, instead you begin to go like, well, 
you know, 60% of my time is stuff I really wanted to do. And I no longer have to spend, you know, a super expensive cell phone plan because I don't care who provides my cell phone coverage. I just need it. Like I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if it says TELUS or Rogers or public mobile, like I don't care what the name is. I just want the cheapest plan possible for the exact same quality that I would expect from anybody else. So I feel like to me, that is the best thing that's happened for me and my family is that we've really become much more intentional spenders. And because of that, we can lower our expenses so much and then get to fire sooner, which inevitably just unlocks more time in your life. So I really appreciate you three coming on. Thank you guys so much, Archie, Ali, and Kyle for joining us on the, uh, on the third ever edition of the online meetup and for hashing out the, uh, the new trademark that I got here, the fire persuasion <laughs> therapy. I really think it's going to catch on guys. Oh, and sure. I will, uh, if I sell any uh, merchandise with it, I'll be sure to give you each your cut. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Guys, have a great night. And oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, see, this one, this one took a lot of work to organize. So I'm glad. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> okay, guys, I hope each of you have a great night. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. You can find all our show notes at explorifycanada.ca. Do you like what you're hearing? Help us grow by sharing the show with friends and family. Please subscribe and leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us at our own blogs, figarage.ca, canadianfire.ca, or eatsleepbreathefy.com. Our music today was provided by Purple Planet. We'll be back with another episode soon. We'll talk then.